Hello, my name is Stefan Siddig. Welcome to American Theatre Artists Online, where we talk with leading contemporary figures in the American theater. My guest today is Colleen Kelly, professor and director of the MFA program at the University of Virginia Department of Drama, and a leading figure in the development and performance of theatrical stage combat. Colleen is a founding board member of the Association of Theater Movement Educators and past vice president of the Virginia Theater Association and the Society of American Fight Directors, where she was at one time, one of only a handful of women working in a mostly male dominated field. Colleen's work has been seen across the country at such prestigious venues as the American Shakespeare Center, Alabama Shakespeare Festival, Denver Center Theater, Dallas Theater Center, the Old Globe Theater, and La Jolla Playhouse. Her film and TV credits include dance choreography for the film Summersby with Richard Gere and Jodie Foster, and fight direction for the PBS television series, Tell About the South. Colleen has been a master teacher at various colleges and universities and for projects supported by the National Endowment for the Arts and the National Endowment for the Humanities and she has given presentations at several national and international conferences. Hi, Colleen, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for this opportunity, Stefan. It's, I'm sorry that these circumstances are bringing us together, but, um, but I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and with your students, and I hope everyone is healthy and in good spirits. They are, and they're very excited to hear from you. And also, um, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to do this. I know we all are trying to figure out our lives with this um, situation, and uh, it's added a lot of things to a lot of people's plates. So I appreciate your taking the time. Where are you speaking to us from? I, well, I live in Stanton, Virginia. I teach at the University of Virginia, which is in Charlottesville, of course, but um, I'm in Stanton right now. Oh, wonderful. Stanton is lovely. It's a nice town. It is. Yeah. So tell us a little bit. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your experience. I know that you do a lot of different things in theater, but uh, we're going to focus today specifically because of class on the unarmed stage combat or stage combat. The class is, is a, a, a unarmed stage combat class, but your experience is in stage combat. So I, I guess the first thing I thought of asking was, you know, when did you first come in contact with stage combat and realized that it was a thing. And, and what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I, I think like most actors, um, we would run across just there would be a slap or, you know, something in a play that you would hope actors would know how to do safely and um, with some dramatic effect to it. Um, <laughs> So I think like most actors, my first encounter was with some basic unarmed stage combat. But I was doing a lot of dance choreography at the time, um, especially musical theater. Mm -hmm. And I found that a lot of musicals had these scenes that would break up into chaos. Oh, so, you yeah. know, in Hello, Dolly, they're at the poke a competition and suddenly there's a brawl or yes. in guys and dolls, you know, they go to Havana and then there's a brawl and, you know, and, <laughs> and, interesting. Yeah. Even it doesn't have to be West side story or, you know, even in Oklahoma, someone gets punched, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it seems, it, it seemed to me that part of the formula for American musicals included these scenes 
that were either chases or violence or some kind of stage combat. And I noticed that my background in dance did not include that. It didn't include how do you stage these particular scenes that might involve some contact or something stylized. So I think that was my first kind of question mark about, hmm, how do I do this and how do I learn how to do it well? So that was that was the first thing that I think came up just in you know my career in in the process. And then the second was again related to dance. I was very interested in period dance and period styles. I went to workshops with the Historical Dance Society. Um, yeah. Um, Renaissance dance, and also just how how actors learn how to move with corsets, um, how they bow in different periods, and this would even cross cultures. You know, kind of looking yeah. at at how different behaviors and di different time periods, and um, and so part of that was men wearing swords. You know, how do you sit? How do you move? How do you bow? wearing a sword, and I would choreograph, let's say, the dance for uh, Romeo and Juliet, and then I would be asked if I could do the fights for it, and it was like, well, not quite the same thing here, but, um, and I think that I, I felt confident choreographing something that was stylized, something that was either slow motion or did not have contact, you know, something that was mm -hmm. out of distance. And I found that more and more I, I was starting to, um, to be asked to do that type of choreography. And so once again, I was looking at my own training thinking, hmm, I wonder where you go to learn how to do this, this kind of the piece of the puzzle that seemed to be missing in, in my own training. So that occurred to you on your own. Nobody, nobody brought it to you and said, hey, why don't you go here and do this? It, was, it wasn't through a teacher. It wasn't through, it was kind of your own experience doing it. Yeah, yeah. In fact, almost just the opposite. I, it was almost assumed that I could do it. Um, and I had to explain that, no, I don't know how to use weapons or I have not been trained in, in this. And, um, and yeah, so, so that was what I started to think about and started to, to look around and see if there was any training. And what led you from that then to becoming interested in it as a skill? Like, how did you go about acquiring the skills that you felt you needed to do that piece, the stage comedy well, piece? I think I was lucky at the time because the Society of American Fight Directors, which is, I think, known to many professionals and mm -hmm. students nowadays, at that time, that, that was a new organization. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to get a flyer, a, you know, some kind of poster or, yeah. or postcard, you know, something right. came across um, my desk and, um, and I thought, well, this, this sounds like maybe what I am looking for. Hmm. And I did imagine that I wanted to fill the gap in my own training, that I did want to learn how to do, um, you know, stage these within some violence within musicals, um, to do better period hmm. dance work. 
um, I really had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah with, so it's interesting that you see them, you see the, the places where they overlap, right? And so that's sort of how you approached it. So you saw the musical theater had a lot of need for this and period pieces and period plays. So um, you see the connection, you saw the connections really early on. I did, yeah. I, I saw them and and wondered how, how to fill, fill in the gaps. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so then you went off to the SAFD, or did you do like one of those summer workshops, or did you get one-on-one -on -one training? How did you How did you take that next step? I did. I went to um, a summer workshop with Society of American Fight Directors, mm -hmm. and and when I got there, I was a bit surprised, a bit out of my element. I had never even had fencing, um, let alone any kind of martial arts, or it, it was really a new vocabulary. And, and I'd say, when I look back at it, I think that, that one thing that held me back in maybe learning the work quicker than I could have was I was trying to filter it through a dance vocabulary. Oh, yeah. That, um, that maybe instead of just going in with a clean slate and thinking, you know, that this is not jazz, it is not ballet, it is not, you know, it, it is not anything other than what it is <laughs> and maybe approaching it with a clean slate and not, not wasting mental time, emotional time, physical time, thinking that an advance is like a chasse or something, you know? It's yeah. like, it's not, it's, it's an advance. It's something that has- yeah. I struggled it, with the same things, Colleen, as you know, because I was your student, but I struggled exactly with the same thing when I first started. Yeah, yeah. and I think that, that because I wanted to succeed, I was trying to pull that work into a vocabulary I understood rather than um, rising to the occasion to meet the demand of, of the really two vocabularies, a, a theatrical, um, the, the theatrical stage combat vocabulary, but then also the historical um, vocabulary of, let's say, a rapier dagger or broadsword or, you know, small sword. Um, and so a, a lot of that, um, yeah, I, I had to I think eventually have a talk with myself and say, okay, you need to start with a clean slate here and stop trying to make this into something it isn't. Because yeah, um, it gets in the way. It does get in the way, I think. That's great. Uh, what, what, so let me ask you this. Were you the only woman at that workshop? I was not. I was okay, not good. the only woman. Because um, this was a while ago, right? So I wonder how, how much that, you right. know, what, was it, did you I get recall there, there may have been three women. I, d I specifically recall two women, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it certainly was not as it is today. A lot of women seeking, you know, seeking yeah. this this work. Did you feel any any pressure? Added pressure because of that? No, I did. I didn't feel. I didn't feel pressure. Um, Hmm, how do I explain this? Um, I think I was so focused on my uh, on 
being overwhelmed <laughs> that um, by the techniques themselves. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, this this was you know, there was a lot of stuff coming at me. I don't think I really had room to think about the larger picture of women doing this work um, or really even comparing yourself to anyone else who is in the class. Mm, um, it was, yeah, it, and anyone who's been through a stage combat workshop, I mean, you know, it, it can be intense, physically yes. intense, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it can be ex exhausting, but then um, there's also a, a, this learning curve of some things that were completely new. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't feel, and it's, and no one raised the issue with you. No one, none, no one there said, well, you know, as a woman, blah, 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 blah. So it was never talked about. I don't recall that. It, not at that, not at that workshop. And I think it was, I think it was pre that conversation. I think that conversation came later. And again, you know, when I think back, I, I think the conversation about women, at least for me personally, um, came when I started to, um, to move toward teaching the work yeah. or mm -hmm. toward being a, a fight director. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, that, that, that was one of the things I was going to ask you coming up is that, you know, so as you move from learning the skills as a student and, and, and starting to master those skills and practice them and use them over and over. And, and when you started to get uh, more confident, uh, how did you then, was it always your idea to, to, to want to teach at some point or did it sort of evolve? And then when you, what happened when you tried to get in, seems like, you know, you tried to get into the Society of American Fight Directors then as a, I guess, going through the coursework there and, and going through the ranks there. How, what was your experience like there as well? So I guess yeah, it's, it's um, as you can imagine, it's it's complicated. Um, mm -hmm. I I felt I often felt very supported, um, both in learning the work and in um, in opportunities to assist fight directors. I was going to say um, both in in teaching and mm -hmm. in um, in uh, professional work. Um, yeah. David Leong invited me to do work in New York and D.C. And um, and others, you know, were were also very supportive. Um, on the other hand, um, I think questions were coming up in the society about about whether women should be teaching what predominantly is a male vocabulary. Um, for example, and, and I I understood it at the time. I understand it now. Um, for example, rapier and dagger was historically invented through a male body. I mean, that's, you know, that it, and, and mm. what happens then when I learn the technique and then I begin to teach it to both men and women. Um, and in my mind, I think that, and maybe somewhere the society was also going, was that we were not trying to recreate historical accuracy in as much as we are creating a theatrical vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And that's where I felt that I could contribute. Um, sometimes, as you know, it's, you know, you might be doing um, a, a play. I'll keep saying Romeo and Juliet because everyone does that. And sometimes, you know, it, it does need to be 
um, close to historical in terms of rapier dagger. On the other hand, sometimes it's, you know, placed in the future and suddenly <laughs> you, you have to figure out, you know, I go to Lowe's and go up and down the aisles looking for what weapons could I put together? Here, <laughs> or just know? make, make there, a new yeah. weapon. Right. Yeah. Some, maybe like a good pipe here or something. Right. Yeah. Um, so telling the story of a good fight in a scene doesn't really, it doesn't matter what the weapons are. Is that what you're saying? For this particular, um, I, I, think, I think it maybe mattered to the playwright. Um, yes. But, um, but but I think that yes, that the storytelling, um, especially with Shakespeare, as it moves across historical periods and um, crosses cultural boundaries, I, I think that um, that it is about telling the story and whatever weapon is belongs in this particular society it needs needs to make sense for the story of that particular production great well i mean i think that that um your experience going through the safd and getting that experience and, and going through the ranks uh at, at some point did you find yourself being the only woman at a certain level or one or one or two or three of you and did you guys ever talk to each other about it or was it more just we're all learning this vocabulary and we're moving through and it'll be what it'll be yeah um i think that maybe in passing we had conversations um but but i don't think again i i think it isn't until recently that that the conversations um, became more in-depth and more maybe reflective of, um, of the next generation of women entering the this, this society. Mm -hmm. I, I remember um, one thing I'll add here that I think maybe allowed me to, to move forward in the society was that there, there were plays that, um, that, that were focused on women, um, like Extremities was one at the time, um, that, and, and even now, plays that might have to do with intimacy, with abuse, uh -huh. with sexual assault, um, it seemed that there was a preference for having a woman choreograph that work. And so I did find kind of a, my own professional niche there in that I was invited to especially work on plays that um, that might have um, women performing violence or having violence performed upon them. Mm -hmm. And and what I found, again, I, I found another part of the puzzle missing because now I had learned my rapier dagger and my broadsword and my unarmed and but we hadn't learned a vocabulary for um, for intimacy so for example i assume in your unarmed work that you're doing right now you you have a punch and a slap and mm -hmm. and things have a, a bit of a structure to them as if the people fighting have had some fight training that the which, is not, which is not the way people fight in real life, right? Unless you've been trained, right? Is that where you're... Yeah, That's yeah. not how and people would fight in a normal setting, right? Like, or, or like a domestic setting or a friendship, two friends fighting physically would probably not fight 
with right. and full so training. The, yeah, and so the, the challenge for that style of unarmed combat was how do you create a vocabulary that is safe, dramatically effective, but doesn't read as a vocabulary, doesn't read mm -hmm. as, and now I'm going to do a John Wayne punch or an uppercut, you know? <laughs> right. how, how, how can it um, still have a structure to it, but yet to the audience have it look like it perhaps is a little more random or doesn't have that kind of, of structure. Mm. This is what David Leon calls contemporary violence. Yes. Right? And yes. so you were already working in that milieu, you were already working in that field in that area, and because of the the women, the need, the need for a voice for women in a way in those plays, they felt that you you were perhaps a good choice. And so you were getting those slots, perhaps, you think. Yes for those kind of play. That's really fascinating. And now with the whole um, intimacy, staging intimacy, which is the latest thing, um, it seems like you were there a while ago <laughs> doing that, uh, not I recently, was, I, it's been a while. Yeah, I, I was, I just didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know it. You knew <laughs> it, but you, did, you, you hadn't coined it per se as they're coining it now, right? In the moment. Right. It's so funny how many things are of the moment, depending on what's happening. Um, but I believe that one of the founders of that intimacy uh, is is a UVA graduate student. Am I wrong? That um, you may have taught. Right. She. Um. I worked with uh, Laura Reichert. Um, That's I, her name, Laura. Yeah. I I worked with Laura. Um. Although she had stage combat, I believe, with um, Marianne Kubik, and so. Oh. Um, yes. I I I know Laura. Um. Right. And yes, it's it's interesting how you know, you'll, you'll find kind of networks of, of people. Mm -hmm. like ripples. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that's wonderful. And um, so when you started, when you went through that training, and then I assume in parallel, or probably as you were receiving that training or getting it as part of it, you were already working with students as part of your university work and, and your teaching. And, and how did you then um, bring that? Tell us a bit about your experience teaching students and, and what have been some of the different experiences that you've enjoyed or learned from the most or any that stand out? I know there's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of joy, <laughs> a lot of frustration. No, um, Both, yeah. um, sure. Um, I, I'd like to say there's a difference between, and I'll say working with, with students, but whether they're, you know, undergraduates or graduate students or even student professionals, or people in the community, mm -hmm. um, there's a difference between teaching a class um, and choreographing something for a play. And tell, tell, tell us a little bit more about that difference. Yeah, I think in, um, in teaching a class, what I'm hoping to do is to give students um, the skill to be able to be cast in a show and be able to follow the directions of a fight director or a director, or at least take care of themselves and a scene partner, if there's a moment of violence, that, that they're learning the skills um, to, um, to bring to a play, to bring to a rehearsal, and that they are learning how to work with different directors and different fight directors. That would be what I'm hoping that that I am giving giving them. Um, when I work with students in a play, 
I'm trying to help them um, just in the moment that is required for their character. Um, and, and I think the difference, the difference might be if you're teaching someone how to dance or you're teaching them a dance or you're teaching them how to sing or you're teaching them a song, right. you know, to do, to, to perform in, in a play or perform under a very specific set of circumstances. And so I do approach those differently. Um, even though there's teaching involved when I'm have my fight director hat on, mm -hmm. um, it's usually very, very limited to what has to be performed in that particular play. And you usually don't have the luxury of time, a lot of time, because the rehearsal process is usually pretty quick. Correct. So you have to, right, okay. Yeah, that's that's and now talk a little bit more about the part of you mentioned that it at the very least you want students that leave your class to to be safe, to to know how to protect their own selves, you know, their bodies. And and um I don't think a lot is really talked about that. And I I, I myself, having been your student, realized how much emphasis you put on safety when I first started. And that was so key for me. But I'm noticing that a lot of other um classes perhaps dive right in and there's not a lot of emphasis on you know this is safe this is you know not and um and and do you find that that's still a trend or do you think that people are focusing more on safety or does it depend on the teacher or, or what, what is your approach for the for safety yeah it it i think i still have the my my own way of of teaching that still the, the the safety element is a component that i have certainly not compromised on however um it might be that um you know we're, we're in in a time now where we want some kind of instant you know that's <laughs> having that that patience yeah. of being able to learn something or to master something um you kind of want and you know, I, I understand even with paying tuition, you kind of want to get as much as you can for yeah. for the the money you're investing and for the time that you're investing. And yeah. and so perhaps I'm just saying perhaps that might be why, you know, it it, it might be tempting to okay, let's get students who feel like they're fighting, who feel right. like right they're, down to it. Yeah. yeah, they're, they're and getting also, something out of it the impatience of, of youth and teenagers and young adults who, who often want to do things quickly. They, they, they don't like to necessarily always do things very in a slow, methodical way. I, I encounter that with some of my students, that they want to rush right into the hard stuff. And, you know, and I'm sitting there trying to be sure that they don't get hurt. That's fine. <laughs> and yeah. they, I, when you're young, you think, oh, I'll never get hurt. This body will last forever. <laughs> Well, so. you know, there's there's also, as you know, in, in, in stage combat, there's there is a kind of adrenaline that, yes. you know, and and sometimes that's that's almost how you feel. Oh, I must be fighting because I have this feel, mm. you know, going on. And and sometimes that can then cross a line as to where, you know, that safety becomes compromised because you're kind of going with with how you're feeling about you know, being involved in, in that moment. And so I, I think it's, it's like one step forward, 
two steps back, not two forward, <laughs> one back. That you, you kind of have to think, okay, let's do this technique. Let's make sure it's safe. Let's take it up to speed. And then, whoa, two steps back here. We need to go, you know, <laughs> um, and make sure that it's that balance between it being safe, it being dynamic, it having a, a, a thrill to it, mm-hmm. um, but that you understand not only about your own safety, but of course the safety of your partner and mm-hmm. and the audience and the yeah. the scenery that's that's <laughs> around you and yes. yeah. But yeah. the the talk a little bit more about that tension because I always feel that there's a tension between okay, I have a technique and I have to learn a technique and it's safe and I have to perform it in a repeatable way so I don't get injured. But also there's that I want to act. I want to act the scene. I want to be in the moment emotionally. Um, how do you, do you separate those two when you're, when you're teaching or, and, or when creating a fight for a play? And then later do you put them together or do you work with them together all the time? When I'm teaching, I try to work with them together as much as possible. Sometimes you do have to, you know, break, break it out and then put it back together again. I find that athletes understand this. I mean, they can, they can stand in front of a, you know, have a basketball and just practice free shots over and over and over again. But it's only in the moment of performance that you kind of balance the technical with technique. I don't think there's anything bad or wrong with technique. Um, I think it's when it feels technical or looks technical yeah. that um, that that's where your your technique is showing. Mm-hmm. And um, and so yeah, I do try to always talk about intention. Um, and I think that maybe that's the one thing that has changed for me is is the language I might use in a class, such as, um, are you pushing this person, you know, are you, how, how would that manifest if you were trying to provoke them? You want them to throw the first punch. How is it, if you just want to get some distance so that there is not a fight, you know? And that has to do with presence and intention. Um, and I think that you can bring that into a class without compromising teaching the technique. I think that it's, you know, it's like making choices in a monologue. What happens if we follow this path? What happens if we follow another, another path? What I found with doing fight direction, and it's a little bit different now, but I would often be a little bit frustrated when I was asked to come in and choreograph a fight, but not given the text. In other words, I, in other words, choreograph the fight, but it is the director's job to actually, um, for the actors to be saying the lines. The intention. That would be the acting part of it. And that I was asked to, you know, to choreograph the fight minus mm. the, the text and the language. How do, you, um, how do you even do that? I mean, so, yeah. so you do the technique, they want you to come in, do the technique, oh, because we don't know how to do it. So here, show us how to use these swords and then now go away, kind of. <laughs> like, well, 
kind of, or, or even, even, you know, I would have to beg to have the moment before. It's yeah. like, just give me the moment that leads into the fight. Otherwise, it's going to look like we're talking and now we're stopping and now we're looking. Just let, let me help with that transition. The intention of when someone's blood starts boiling to actually draw a, a, a weapon. Um, and, and luckily, I've, I've had the opportunity to work with directors that I feel are collaborative in that way. Um, but I think very early on, um, when fight direction was new, mm. perhaps the fight director was not invited to collaborate with directors as as you know they they may be today. So you feel like it's a little bit more collaborative now that it's more recognized fight fight direction as a an integral piece. Yeah, and that's one reason and and. I'm going to say this, but maybe someone from the Society of American Fight Directors <laughs> will correct me. Um, but it's one reason why the term fight director rather than fight choreographer mm -hmm. was chosen. Yeah. Um, to make sure that, that the word director was in there as part of what our job is. And right. that is to direct that moment of the play. Mm -hmm. um, I've never said that to a director and I won't. But, um, <laughs> no, and I do think, I do feel you're right. There's often a tension there because the director doesn't necessarily have the techniques or the skills to be able to create what, what you're bringing as the fight director. But then at the same time, they maybe, so they feel maybe a little helpless. And so I, I've had to collaborate with a few directors as well, obviously. And, and, and it's, it depends on the director. And there's some that I can collaborate with in the room which is great, they'll, they'll actually help me. Um, and that, that's always nice when you get one that's willing to let you do your thing and then come in and say, well, I really want this moment here. And they go, okay, great. I mean, everyone's different, but that, that's, I'd rather that than a director that just told me to do it and go away. Um, and, and no one's been that, I don't, I don't wanna say that anyone's been that necessarily no, blunt yeah. about it, like get out of here. But, <laughs> um, but, um, but I also respect that you know, many directors have put a lot of energy into creating a certain dy dynamic and relationship, um, you know, with their actors. Mm -hmm. And then it, 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 it can be, you know, you, you have to trust when someone else suddenly steps in. I think vocal coaches have the same, um, you know, whether or not you're working with an actor and it's like, just teach them the dialect. Don't teach them about the acting part. And you can't really separate. Yeah, you know some some of that. There's a holistic approach. How how early on are you brought in as a, a fight director? Is it is it something that you're just thrown in in the deep end, like for one rehearsal, or is oh I guess it depends on how complex the piece is. But do you yeah um, there from the beginning? Sometimes I'm sometimes I'm part of um, of the design meetings, especially if it's going to involve you know blood on costumes and. And um, and certain weapons that either have to be built or ordered. Um, so sometimes part of part of the design meeting. Mm -hmm. Other times I'm brought in very late um, because they didn't realize that they needed someone until it's like yeah. dress rehearsal and they've only been marking something. Yeah. Um, I think that um, one of my what the one thing I found that ended up being curious to me was um, slaps 
and that was to be brought in almost before shows would open. And this has happened a number of times um, that that um, maybe I'd be brought in, you know, to because there was a slap in a show, but I wouldn't be brought in until very late into the process. And then it was like, okay, we scheduled you for two hours. Mm. And it's like, well, it would have been better if I had five minutes over a couple of weeks, yeah. um, it, especially if it's a context slap, which yeah. rarely, I, I usually try to talk the director out of that. But um, Oh, I'm so glad but, you said that, because I said yes. that in class, too. But, <laughs> I, but, said, I usually try not to do them, yeah. Yeah, but, but, but if, if it is a contact slap, that would be, it's like, I can't spend two hours asking this actor to slap someone, you know, <laughs> that's, that's not helpful. Just, you know, I, I would need to back it up and do you know, just, mm -hmm. you know, give me 10 minutes here, give me 15 minutes here, give, mm -hmm. you know, so that it's more it integral. Kind of, more yeah, it, it, it builds. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and I think with talking with directors about contact slaps, usually I can get down to the conversation, okay, what you really want is a really loud sound effect here. And often mm -hmm. the face is not a good percussive instrument. Um, <laughs> you, should, and, you should put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> and it can change someone's, you know, look of their resume picture, their headshot, you know, once their face <laughs> yeah. starts going offline. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, so you achieving know. it through the, the means and the techniques of the nap and the sound, uh, is the audiences equate sound with, with the violence, right? Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So there's no need for an actual contact. That's, that, it's interesting to see how uh, fight directors are, are, are used differently by by different productions and, and teams at different times. But so if you know, I have some students in my current class who are who love love doing this work, and who are very passionate about stage combat and and others who want to learn more. Um, what would you recommend for students who have taken you know one three hundred level class or you know a, a, an intro class like mine is? Uh, and then want to develop more, more of their skills and or might even consider, might be considering becoming a fight director themselves down the road or a teacher, what would you recommend they do? Yeah, there, there are a lot of workshops, sometimes just even weekend workshops. And um, I, I think reasonably priced ones, so you don't have to, you know, take a loan out or anything, mm -hmm. but, um, but I think that, that the more that you can learn from different people and the more that you introduce yourself to the community of actors and um, teachers and directors who are doing this work um, and and to do maybe just find a couple of weekend workshops here or there um, and then if if it's still something that you know appeals to you um, to maybe eventually invest in longer study. A lot of MFA programs now have, you know, have additional stage combat courses, but also the, the Society of American Fight Directors has summer work. And, and there are other organizations in um, the United States and in Canada and England and really all over the world now um, where um, you could do advanced study. I, I studied with, um, I would seek out, you know, some fight masters to, you know, if they're available, you and a partner can maybe 
you know, find a way to do private study. I worked with um, Patty Crane, um, who, with the society, is 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 well known. He's that he passed away a while ago now, but um, wasn't he the guy who who staged all of Errol Flynn? Spikes or many he of them? Did, he, yeah, he worked with Errol Flynn. He, the famous movie actor of the 1920s, 30s, 40s. Yeah, he, he, worked, he worked with Errol Flynn. And so um, that was kind of a style that, you know, he still had that kind of, you know, movie presence. And, um, and um, he, yeah, he, he was wonderful to work with. And... Um, and, you know, as I said, you know, other, other fight masters, um, I worked with Drew Frazier and Joseph mm -hmm. Martinez. Um, mm -hmm. I had mentioned David, you know, David Leong. Yeah. Um, we, we use a lot of uh, Joseph Martinez's book in class mm -hmm. because yes. you, had, you had recommended it to me and, and there it is. <laughs> there <laughs> it's it is. wonderful. It's, it's, it's a wonderful book for, for I think students are really um, uh, grab onto it because it, it's, it's, it's easy to understand. It's in plain English. <laughs> which is good. Excellent. Um, so um, is there anything else that you wanted to let us know? I mean, we're, 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 uh, you know, we can talk about another aspect that we haven't addressed. Is there something that you think we haven't brought up that you think students should know people who are interested in stage combat and who are uh, studying uh, that they should know about this world that you know a lot about? What, what would you recommend? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would also recommend um, reading a lot of plays um, that you, you do have to not only understand what, you know, technically what you might be doing with a sword, but to really understand the range of character. Um, if you're interested in classical work like Shakespeare, to be able to, um, to speak the verse of, of um, those plays and and then looking at what kind of violence is in contemporary um i'm working on a production of sweat right now mm. and again it has kind of that balance between you know some some fighting that might have some structure to it these people might know how to throw a couple punches but then there's also a um, the adrenaline of the character that, you know, can make things a bit sloppy and taking a look around at, at what kind of scenes um, actors are being asked to do these days, both in classical and contemporary plays. Um, and, and really understanding what might be asked of you if, if you get cast. Um, if you want to teach or do fight direction, again, I... I think the same thing applies. You you have to know how you have to know script analysis. Mm. Um, that would that that would be one of my suggestions. Sometimes you can get really caught up in I just want to learn all these different fights, but you also have to know then how to bring them in to um, to character and and to story. To scene work, yeah. Without without the scene work, you can't you can't tell the story really all the time. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you need the. Well, that's great. Well, Colleen, thank you so much. I really appreciate your taking this time. This is um, something that um, I think is very helpful for students who are who are starting their journey on in this world of stage combat. And and, and thank you so much. And um, I hope that you are staying safe and and.
cozy there in Stanton and, and that, um, that um, you continue to do your work and continue to enjoy what you're working on there at, at, in Charlottesville because it's, it's exciting. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for asking me these questions. Absolutely. And thank you so much. And bye-bye. Um, All right. Bye, Stefan. Bye.